Welcome in, Undraftables Podcast, coming to you Friday, August the 21st, episode, I don't know, 13, 14, 15, something like that now. Cade Carlton, Cade Livingston with you here on this Friday, um, as it's been, it's starting to get busy times in the state of Arkansas, school's about to go back in session, fall sports about to start up, so Busy times at Arkansas, busy times for us. Uh, some things to get into today. Before we get into anything, I'll say what's up to uh, Caleb Livingston. Man, what's going on? It's, uh, like you said, busy. Um, you know, so we'll have to, you know, we'll hopefully we can keep our streak alive of, you know, a podcast a week or so. And um, But no, every, you know, things are good. We've got got sports going on all over the place like mm-hmm. you said high school sports fixed start up. hopefully we can keep it going I, you know with with everything that's going on i'm a little bit skeptical of how long we're going to get to play but we'll see you know we'll hopefully people take care of their business and fans are smart and follow the, the guidelines and we can see some high school athletics this fall yeah hopefully uh you know we've seen some volleyball and stuff go on uh, in the state of Arkansas the last few nights, some other fall sports, and those have kind of gone off uh, without a hitch so far. Granted, we aren't back in school yet, so that adds another element, but uh, it's good to see stuff kind of go off without a hitch so far in Arkansas. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. It's going to be interesting to see when when in-person school starts and, and how, you know, are we going to see a spike in cases? Is it going to be crazy? I think that's the fear of everybody, and um, I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully, hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully, these uh, these kids will get to play their 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 sports, especially the seniors. You know, that's the that'd be the worst thing possible is to have to cancel seasons yep. altogether. So, but yep, uh, no doubt. Uh, we we do have a lot of sports going on right now. Uh, at the professional level uh, with the NBA going on, uh, some interesting storylines in the bubble. Uh, we saw the eight seeds uh, in both of the East and West get up a game, the Magic beating the Bucks, and then the uh, the uh, Trailblazers beating the Lakers. Uh, so they went up 1-0, and then yesterday it looked like one versus eight uh, in both of those games, especially the nightcap where the Lakers just – absolutely eviscerated Portland last night. I mean, it was a bloodbath from about the second – I'd say into second quarter on. Yeah, it got ugly. Um, but, I mean, that's the playoffs, man. Like, that happens. Like, um, I don't think it would surprise anybody if Dame comes out tomorrow and drops 50 and they win again, you know. Like, um, that series is going to be a weird one just because – the the Blazers, I don't know if they're your typical eight seed. They've got two guys that can go get forty plus anytime. So um they're they're I think they'll win at least one more game. It wouldn't surprise me if they win two more. Um you know, depends on how healthy he is. You know, he kinda got dis a dislocated finger last night. Um but we know he's gonna play too. I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah, so. yeah. 
That's uh, that's an interesting storyline with Dame. Um getting the dislocated finger. They said the x-rays were negative, so obviously he's going to play tomorrow. But, you know, just with a dislocated finger and just a little bit of an injury, you wonder how much that's going to affect him, especially with a guy who handles the ball as much as he does. Yeah, but we also know you start doubting Dame Lillard and look what happened after the Clippers ran their mouse and he just went completely bonkers. So, um, won't count until we see it. Um, my big question for the Lakers is, I mean, LeBron only gets 10. Yeah. Um, are these other guys going to keep playing as well as they did? I mean, they haven't shown that yet in the bubble that they can be consistent and do it again. You know, um, I mean, in fact, I mean, LeBron had a a decent stat line. I mean, the 10 points obviously is not, you know, very good for him, but, you know, he's still – I mean, he had six rebounds and seven assists. Um, I don't know. Like, he, he he's he's definitely going to have to play better for them to make it, you know, to even the Western Conference Finals. You yeah. Know? yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, it was good that Anthony Davis finally showed up. You know, people were starting to question him after game one. He had a, he had a breakout game. But Kentavious Caldwell Pope, you know – has a huge game for him. They need him. They need they need either him, Danny Green, or Kuzma, if not two out of three, to play really well. And and they got it out of Pope enough, and the Blazers were so bad that it, they didn't need anybody else to step up. So, yeah, I mean the thing with the Lakers, like it's crazy because Danny Green last year had statistically one of his best seasons ever. Uh, I think he was second or second or third highest points per game he's ever had. Uh, his slash line of field goal, three point field goal, and free throw percentage was one of the best that's ever been in his career. And he was a valuable asset and a starter on an NBA championship team. And now, like he can't hit a corner three or anything to save his life. Like he's almost to the point where I'm not so sure you just. Sit him on the bench and maybe ride with like Caruso and Waiters and J.R. Smith because Green's almost unplayable at this point. Right. No, I mean he, he he's definitely for as uh as nice as the bubble has been to some people, it has been the opposite for him. Yeah. Um, and so he he hadn't figured that out yet. Uh, but you know you know. To his credit, he'll probably keep getting a chance, at least in this first round, because he's made big shots in his career. But he's going to have to start making shots where he will get sent to the bench. I mean, yeah, we've seen it happen. Um, you know, we talked, we touched a little bit on the uh, Milwaukee Orlando. Um, I, I mean, I think we everybody was surprised that Orlando wins Game One, but I still have said I just don't think Milwaukee's coming out of the East. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I don't. I don't know who is. It, you know, the Raptors have looked pretty good. Um, Boston's looked pretty good. Uh, in fact, I would take both those teams over Milwaukee right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even Miami's probably like the Milwaukee is going to have all they want with Miami in the second round. I mean, you know, that's going to be a heck of a series. Uh, yeah, I just. Um... I, I don't to me Giannis in Milwaukee feels a lot like kind of what you know the end of the the end of the time LeBron had in his first stint in Cleveland like it just feels like if 
if they don't go on a run this year, like get to the Eastern Conference Finals at least, it feels like Giannis is about to is about to walk away. Right, and uh, speaking of that, would it surprise you if the Warriors don't package their picks and some players to go get Giannis? I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me, but. Again, I don't think they have. I don't think they have enough to get Giannis, even with the second round pick. Because if if it's a second round pick, Andrew Wiggins and Draymond Green, I still don't know that that's enough to get Giannis. Like Andrew Wiggins has been a borderline bust, and Draymond Green is just a starter. Like I don't know that that is enough to get Giannis. But if Giannis is going to leave, Milwaukee's got to do something. Yeah, you know. To, to get something for him. Um, I don't know. I, it, it, but I, I agree with you. It, it's The Bucks going to have to make a run to keep him. Yeah. Uh, you know, because you're just not going to attract high-level free agents to Milwaukee. I mean, just it's not going to happen. Um, you know, going back to the playoffs, how about this Clippers-Mavericks series? You know, 1-1. You know, could be argued that the Mavericks, if Porzingis doesn't get ejected in game one, they may be up 2 nothing. Yeah, if the NBA yeah. doesn't hose them. Um, you know, the, the Western Conference Series outside of uh, the Houston-Oklahoma City where Harden's just been unbelievable, mm-hmm. those all are pretty good series right now. They're like we thought they would be. Yeah, so. and I think yesterday was a huge, 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 huge win uh for Utah. Yes. So yeah, so you know they they tie up the series 1-1. So we're recording this on Friday the 21st. So that was Thursday the 20th. They tie up the series 1-1 and what a lot of people aren't really talking about is that they've been without Mike Conley because Conley was left the bubble for the birth of his kid and he's not going to be able to come back until game 3. So now you get your starting point guard back and it's an even series. I mean, that was a huge win for Utah yesterday. Yeah, no doubt. And uh that was a team that I didn't really like, you know, pre-playoffs in the bubble, but um and Denver had played really good in the bubble. I yeah. kind of kind of surprised that it's 1-1, but I mean, let's not get it twisted. Utah's a good team. I mean, um, I still think Denver wins the series, but I think yeah. it's going seven games, you know. I think that and Mavericks-Clippers is going to go seven games. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like, I, the more I watch Mavericks-Clippers, the more I just – have Kawhi and Paul George even attempted to guard or stop Luka yet? Because I haven't seen it, if they have. Paul George has not played well. Um, he's gonna definitely have to step up. Uh, I mean, which I mean, but I, is that not predictable though? Outside of the one year in Indiana, when has Paul George ever done anything in the playoffs? Right, right. Um, now, granted, I think they're gonna win series, and I mean the Mavericks are a tough matchup for different for a lot of different teams. I mean, uh, we we said that many times, you know, in previous podcasts. So. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of us are surprised that it's 1-1. Um, I think we'd be more surprised if the Clippers beat them in five. You yeah. Know, or, and so, uh, I don't know. Like, I, you know, outside of, like I said, I, I maybe see Oklahoma City winning one game 
against the Rockets, that being five, I could see the other three series going seven. You know, I mean, at, at least six for sure. Yeah, I think and Blazers. Yeah. I think Blazers Lakers is five or six. I, I I don't know that Portland gets one more, and I think one more max. Uh, I think that's six, but I could see the others going seven. I still like. I think Dallas is going to push the Clippers to seven. But I still think they're like just one piece away from being a legitimate title contender. Like they need, they need another wing with Luca, or they need like a, a star point guard. Like they're just that one piece away from being a legitimate title contender. Yeah, I agree. No, I've, I've said it all along. They're kind of a playmaker, another playmaker away, um, because they rely on Luca so much. Yeah, and that eventually wears you down, especially in the playoffs. Now they're playing every other day. Um, you know, you you know, outside of the bubble, it was you maybe had two or three days in between the game sometimes. So um, that's eventually going to wear on him, uh, and I think that's why the the Clippers end up winning this series. Yeah. Um, in the East, I mean, I, the Bucks will win the next three games. I have no doubt about that. Uh, the, I think the Raptors. You know, do, do they sweep the Nets? Probably. It, every both wins have been double digits and been in convincing fashion so far. Like, yeah. Honestly, Boston. I know the Nets were in the playoffs, but they shouldn't have even been invited to the bubble. Should have just like X'd out their playoff spot because, like, literally outside of Karis Levert and Jared Allen, name me another player on the Nets. Eh, Joe Harris. I mean, they, they. Here's the deal. Like, who are you going to put in their place? The Knicks. Yeah. You know, like, no, I mean, I, yeah, I know. I mean, I know you can't actually take him out, but it's like it's just one of those things where it's like um everybody they have that's good is hurt or not playing. Well, but the, so and then credit to to Jacques Vaughn, their coach. I mean, they've been pretty competitive outside of these two games with the Raptors in the bubble. Like when he gets all his good players back, hopefully they give him a chance. I mean, obviously if you have Katie and Kyrie, you're going to be good, but right. th- they may be Better than what? I mean, they may be the number one team in the East next year, you know? Yeah, well, they have also have DeAndre Jordan whenever he gets healthy. So, I mean, you kind of have a, a three-headed, you know, monster, per se, in your starting lineup, and you have, I mean, maybe the best all-around scorer to ever play basketball on Kevin Durant's. So like, you know, I think they're going to be interesting next year if they're healthy. Yeah, and then, I mean, then all of a sudden, Karis LeVert, and Joe Harris are your fourth and fifth options. And yeah, I mean, Joe Harris has been an all star, you know, before. So, you know, it's not like he's just trash. Uh, you know, they're that's going to be fun watching that next year for sure. Hopefully, KD and Kyrie are back healthy and, um, you know, we, and we, we get the privilege of watching that. Um, any surprises with you with the uh, draft lottery? I think I was I think I was surprised that Golden State didn't get the number one pick. <laughs> yeah, you know? I was surprised Golden State got the number one pick. Uh, I, honestly, I was surprised by the top four, uh, Charlotte and Chicago sneaking in there. Um, yeah, both weren't projected, and I mean, like Charlotte's not really a mega NBA market, and the NBA really doesn't need them to be good. So I was surprised by that. Uh, I was honestly surprised the Bulls got some type of good fortune for the first time since Michael Jordan left. Uh, one thing I was not surprised by last night, though, is that the Knicks got the number eight pick and they didn't get in the top four. I was not surprised by that. That's that's an every year thing. Oh yeah, that's that is. And what and what sucks the NBA 
need like not they don't need New York. They've survived without New York being good. But if New York's good, it just adds another dimension to it. Like right. I have I don't know, you may be too young to have really seen good playoff basketball, you know, at the garden um in your lifetime. Like it's fun, you know. Yeah, well, they but, had that one year where, with Jeremy Lin and Mello, where they went to the second round. So I mean, that was that was fun. Yeah. Um, but like, I wasn't a liar. I mean, I I don't remember the '98 run when they went to the NBA Finals. I can only imagine kind of what that was like. Right. And and in that playoffs, I remember they had Larry Johnson, who like hit a couple buzzer beaters in the Garden, and just that atmosphere was just electric and just crazy. So, um. No, I, I don't know. Like, Minnesota gets to add another piece. You know, where do they go with their number one pick now that they have Russell and Cat? And, you know, what do, they, what do they get? An Anthony Edwards type wing player? Yeah. I mean, I don't think you go Wiseman because you already have Cat. And I don't know how well a Twin Towers works kind of in today's NBA. I mean, I guess a Twin Towers could work fine with Wiseman when you have two athletic bigs who kind of can space the floor and range out and. You know, Carl Towns has gotten to the point where he can make threes. Wiseman or Reisman, you know, can make those mid-range jumpers. So, I mean, I guess you could go Wiseman to do Twin Towers. I don't really like that. Um, I don't know. I mean, Anthony Edwards is interesting. But, I mean, you also have a score-first point guard in D'Angelo Russell. So, are there enough shots to go around on that wing with Russell and Anthony Edwards? Like, I, I just don't know what Minnesota does with that pick. Yeah, I mean, there's. I don't think there's a clear cut number one. I think there's four mm-hmm. or five really good prospects that can help them. Um, and I, you would not, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise anybody if they picked one of four people. You know, and, right? Um, it's going to be interesting to see what you know. Golden State's to me sitting in the a perfect spot of oh, they get to pick the guy you didn't want, you know, and right or or trade it, you know, yeah. whatever they want to do. Um, and so that could be interesting. You know, I'm I'm looking at the uh, the lottery right now. You know, like you look down at number ten. You know, we've talked about previously. Does Golden State try to package some pieces to Phoenix? You know, for Devin Booker. Um, I mean, that would give Phoenix like if you get Wiggins and Draymond Green, and then the number two and ten pick. You you still get a chance to be competitive for the playoffs. Yeah, you know? I mean. <laughs> I just don't. Because I just don't is know. Is Devin though. Booker gonna sign a big deal to stay in Phoenix? Is my thing. Like, um, I mean, honestly, I would say yes. I mean, you have DeAndre Ayton to me, who is going to be in two or three years a perennial All Star, one of the best bigs in the league, and Phoenix has only gotten progressively better the last couple of years. I mean, like they have pieces in Phoenix to where. I don't know if they're going to be like an NBA title contending team, but in three, in two, three, four years, like they could be a legitimate Western Conference Finals team year in year out. They could, you know, they. I mean, they definitely showed some things. They they took advantage of the bubble. Now they have to take that to the regular season, and yeah. um, you know, kind of take that next step, kind of. They're a lot like the Mavericks were last year. You know, the Mavericks were right there, and they've taken that next step. Now it's time for Phoenix to do that. So, um, the thing about it is, you look at the West. I mean, who are they going to overtake? I mean, obviously the eight seed's going to be up for grabs, but 
again, Portland's got Dame and CJ. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's not like they're just going to fall off, you know. Um, and then, you know, New Orleans, you would think, is going to be better if Zion does what he needs to do this offseason and Brandon Ingram continues to get better and, and Lonzo and all that. They've got a good core. So the West is loaded. Yeah. I mean, even your teams that didn't make it, I mean, like I'm a Spurs fan and – you know, we came within one game of getting getting in the the playing game, and but we've got a lot a good young core. With you know, we didn't even have Lamarcus Aldridge, you know, in the bubble, and you know if he comes back and is a eighteen and ten guy, you know, we'll compete for that eight spot. So, and then we're not even talking about Memphis, you know, yeah, who, who got banged up. I mean, they're without Justice Winslow, they're starting small four, they're without their backup point guard, and they're without Jaron Jackson. So, like, yeah. If they get healthy, I mean, that's a pretty good young core. I mean, I would move off Dylan Brooks as quickly as I possibly could and get any kind of return value I could out of him. But, I mean, that's a pretty good core. Yeah. Um, What does stink is they don't have a first-round draft pick Mm -hmm. right now. You know, had to – you know, here's Boston sneaking into the lottery again. (laughs) I mean, uh, credit Danny Ainge for all those moves he made back. Crap, seems like 10 years ago now. Um, and they keep getting lottery picks, and they keep being one of the best teams in the NBA. So, um, you know, they get to keep adding players to to their roster. Um, a team that I'm, you know, th- that intrigues me in that lottery to see who they pick is Atlanta. You know, they've yeah. got a star. They've got some other good young pieces. You know, they if they add the right player, if something falls to them or they add the right player, would it surprise you if they don't make the playoffs, you know, next year um, in the East? Because who knows what's going to really happen over there. So Yeah, I, I would like to see them add another piece on the wing. I think uh, obviously Trey Young is a superstar. I think Cam Reddish is going to be a pretty good, you know, starter slash sixth man shooter at two guard. Uh, I really like John Collins at the power forward. Uh I think if you add another piece on the wing, you know, you have a yeah. chance to be really good. Yeah, no doubt. So, um, a lot of good NBA stuff going on right now. Um, you know, we're – that's obviously got a lot of the attention from a lot of people around the country. Uh, got Tiger playing this weekend, mm-hmm. shot three under in the first round. Um, he's going to have to go low again today to to make the cut. But uh, just fun to see him back on the course. Yeah, the lead's at 12-under with Danny Lee and Cameron Davis. Um, and the next time I worry about Danny Lee and Cameron Davis will be the first. So, uh, I'm not really worried about the lead at 12-under. The real lead's at the real lead's going to fluctuate between 10 and 9-under all day because Danny Lee and Cameron Davis are going to drop off at some point. Like, I'm, I could not be less worried if I tried. So, really and truthfully, Tiger at this point is 7 off the lead. And hadn't started his round. Today. Right, hadn't started this round. He, he's he, as we're taping this at eleven oh one. He's he's seven off the lead, and so really and truthfully, if you can get it to, you should be at four under because he bogeyed the last hole yesterday. He should be at four under. If you can get it to four or five under today, and you can get to you know seven eight under for the tournament, and that lead you know kind of fluctuates between nine ten and eleven. I feel really, really good about it because then you put yourself in one of the final five or six pairings 
tomorrow where everybody's kind of on an even even playing field. And I feel good about it too because what people don't realize is like Tiger needs the early morning Thursday afternoon Friday tee time because what that did was gave him, you know, rough anywhere from 24 to 26 hours to like rest his body to lay down, get work done on his body, whatever he needs to do to get his back and neck right and everything. And then he gets to play 24, 26 hours later. So, I mean, that's absolutely huge for him. Um, but, I mean, he has, he has to go low, and it's also huge that he starts on the front nine, which is played so much easier than the back nine. You know, Tiger was even par on the back nine yesterday. Um and like he missed, he missed some birdie putts, but he really didn't have a whole lot of good looks just because of how tough the back nine is. But he made that run on the front nine, so I think it's good he gets to start on the front nine today. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, it'll be fun to see make a run. And uh, you know, Tiger Tiger in contention on the weekends always fun, good TV. Yeah. So, um, you know, we've also got uh, you know a lot of your. Uh, colleges have, the kids have started moving back on campus and we've already had some schools move their kids off campus yeah <laughs> um you know kind of like we suggested a couple weeks ago like go ahead and just go virtual with your non-student athletes let your student athletes come on campus create your own bubble and let's play sports you know and the Big Ten tried to be the big dog. We've we mentioned it so many times, and they look they have egg on their face right now. And the Pac-12 is just out there, you know, doing whatever. No one cares. But I mean, we've already seen North Carolina, North Carolina State, uh, Michigan State's already sent their non-student athletes home. Um, how much longer before most schools that are playing football do that? In your opinion? Uh, just send students home and gen- like just normal students home. Yeah. Um, uh, I give it three to four weeks, and I say that because, um, uh, so Wednesday of this week, I had to be on campus at Arkansas State. I I had stuff I needed to do uh at one of the offices there, so I had to be on campus. It wasn't gonna take me like fifty or twenty minutes, but I had to be on campus. So, um. Uh, I had to go into the student union. I went on the front lawn of the student union, and I kid you not, I saw anywhere from 75 to 80 to 85 people playing tackle football, volleyball, and I would say about 10% of them had on a mask, if that. So it, it, it's stuff like that that is going to cause a widespread outbreak, and then it's going to get to the point where it's like, well, if students can't follow the guidelines, then we have to go all online classes. So I give it to the end of September max before just about every school in the country is all online. But I still think we're playing football. Oh, yeah. We're, we're going to play football. Um, we're all – I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be just like we said. Schools need athletics because it funds so much other mm-hmm. stuff, you know, and and not even just funding. It brings students to campus so that your educational departments can survive. With no students, you don't need an education department. Yeah, <laughs> no, like, yeah. you don't need the science department, the business department. If you don't have, it, I mean, if we're just being honest, I mean, kids kids pick schools where a lot of times family members went especially mm-hmm. non-student athletes, 
and a lot of those family members they liked that school because they had a great time at foot. You know, the football team was great, basketball team. Like, very rarely do you hear, "Oh, I picked," you know. Alabama because their English department was top notch. I mean, no, they went there to go to watch, you know, Bear Bryant coach football. Yeah, I mean, the the only school in the SEC that where people go there for academics and don't really care about sports is Vanderbilt. And guess what? It shows in the stands. Yes, I mean, hey, if hey, if that's what everybody wants, okay, let's see how long Vanderbilt lasts without the SEC money. Yeah, I mean, so. Anyway, it's going to happen. I'm looking forward to seeing what college basketball does, see how they learn from college football. Um, And hopefully we get – yeah, are we going to get a 30-game college basketball season where you get 10, 12 non-cons and 18 conference? Probably not, but I think you can get 24 or five games in. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, figure out how to do a non-conference bubble, get your your conference bubble, and then NCAA tournament. You know, it's going to look different, but that's fine. I just want to turn them. Yeah, and like, you know, people are like getting to the argument of like, well, you can't put student athletes in a bubble, or well, you can't tell student athletes to be on campus when nobody else is because they aren't getting paid. And it's like, yes, you can if they aren't getting paid. They are getting paid in scholarship. And here's the deal: like, if you don't want to play, that's fine. You you should still be able to have your scholarship. You shouldn't be penalized for not playing. You should be able to come back next year, have that year of eligibility, and it shouldn't affect you in any way other than maybe somebody else emerges in your role and you have to work that much harder to get it back. Like, But I would say that 95% or more of your student-athletes on campus want to play and will do whatever it takes to play. Right. No, I, I agree. And uh, I I think it's going to happen. It's going to be good to see. And if if people need to quit acting like college athletics is amateur athletics, they it, pay attention to Jay Billis. Yeah. This is pro, this is professional. This is professional sports. I mean, you don't deal with that much money and this can be amateur. Like, I mean, let's yeah. get over it. Let's quit faking it. It is what it is. That's why these people are going to continue to stay on campus, and we're going to have some sort of football basketball this year. Well, but there is an argument to be made, too, of if it's professional athletics, which I agree with you that that's pretty much what it has turned into in the last five to ten years, then – and I get the argument that salary – or not salary, but a scholarship is part of the compensation. But – if it is professional athletics, why is there no base salary or base payment or something like that for the student athletes? Well, it's coming. I mean, it's coming. I mean, um, because you've got people that people in, in high places that don't believe it is, but eventually it's going to happen. You know, within yeah. the next couple of years, it's going to happen. I mean, but and we act like these kids are struggling. I mean, right now they they're getting the best healthcare treatment. They're mm-hmm. getting you know, great meals every day as much as they want. They're living it. They're, they've got good living quarters. Um, you know, they, they're, they're in a lot better spot where they're at than if they were at home, you know, most of them. So, um, I don't know. Like it, it's, they're, they're still, they're still pretty well off compared to what they could be. So, yeah, I uh, agree. And I think the, 
the whole pandemic stuff and, you know, if we get to a point where, you know, everywhere in the ACC, the SEC, the Big 12, they're, you know, all their all their classes are off campus online. Meanwhile, student athletes are on campus. I just think that's going to fast track, you know, um, the form of payment or whatever that student athletes could receive and being able – you know, to use their name and likeness and everything like that. So, I mean, I just think that's going to fast track everything. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, just, uh, excited to see it, man. Like it's, it's right around the corner. You know, I know yeah. what Arkansas state opens up September 5th. Uh, yeah, yes. September 5th at Memphis. And there's only going to be like 4,000 to 5,000 fans. So Memphis actually has a, uh, 12 feet requirement in between parties so they're going to accommodate season ticket holders and with the 12 feet it's going to be like four to five thousand fans i can't remember the exact number but that's going to be crazy yeah but a start and uh you know they'll uh i mean what is that two weeks away yeah that's i was talking to a coach today and i was like I just don't feel like football's almost here. Like I know, it, you know, it's one of those weird deals where it feels like it's been three years since March, but it also feels like March just started yesterday. Like it's just one of those weird deals, right? Now, but to me, that's a good thing though because, like the seat, like usually we just can't wait. You know, you're just anticipating yeah. driving yourself. Now it's like. Man, it, it's almost here. You know, we ain't even thought about it. So, um, you know, we'll have football trickling in starting here. What well, you know, high school started this week here in Arkansas. You know, week week one games are next week, and then after that, you'll have college and pretty soon pros. You know, so um, sports are in full swing. First time ever that we've had all these major sports playing at the same time. It's pretty neat. Yeah, so. it's awesome, man. You honestly get to the point where, like, you don't even think about not having fans. I mean, it's just – it's yeah. it's good yeah. competition. It's good sports. Like, you just – you don't even think about it. So, uh, no doubt. No, I've enjoyed it. NBA, MLB, uh, PGA, everything. I've enjoyed it. So, it's been fun so far. And just, you know, can't wait to get uh, football season underway. Um, and can't wait to get back next week for another episode. Going to try to get a guest uh, or two on next week. Uh, but until next week, for Cade Livingston, I'm Cade Carlton. So long, everybody. Stay safe. Have a great weekend and enjoy sports this weekend.